Welcome again to New Life Christian Ministries. Um, I'm excited to continue in this series in which God has given us. Happy 4th of July. Um, if you have not said the pledge today, uh, Clint Foster's shoes will be available to say the Pledge of Allegiance to. Come up here, Clint, for a minute so they can know what I'm talking about. Let them see your feet. All right, those are nice, aren't they? Thank you, brother. <laughs> the message is entitled, Go. Church, can you say go? go? The series is entitled, Go, The Pathway to Purpose. And today we'll be talking about spiritual gifts and service. God came to us in a body, and now he sends us out as a body. We've been given gifts to use for his glory, boldly declaring the good news to a world in need of salvation. On this past Thursday, we were in the square. And when I say we, I don't just mean new life. Just when I think, oh, Lord, who was going to come? Who's going to be obedient? Will we have enough? Eight churches show up. Eight different churches show up in the square. And I think to myself what you think when God answers. Why did I ever worry? Why was I ever concerned? If he told me to do it, then he's going to supply the workers that are willing to go. And it was such a beautiful thing to see so many people working together because that is what God has called us into. Not just salvation of our soul alone, but he wants us to also work in the salvation process of others' lives. Amen. We're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 11 through 21, and when I first saw this revelation, I've read this verse many times, but when I first saw this revelation, I'll share with you in a moment, it just really did something to me. Verse 11, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, say this with me, church, Lord, help me understand my fearful responsibility to you. So we have a responsibility to God, okay? We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to, to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, and that's what I want the world to know about us. If it seems like we are crazy, who are these crazy people in the square? Or who are these crazy people talking about Jesus at work or praising God at the gas pump? Why are they praising God as they pump gas? Because he is my provider. I'm not going to worry. Who are these crazy people, right? It says, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, which we are, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord, I want to be controlled by your love alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Either way, Christ's love controls us. 
Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. It's so important that you hear this and know this. Have you, since you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, have you died to your old life or have you simply added Jesus to it? Mm. This is why the church is not as powerful as it ought to be. Because some people just didn't want to go to hell. So they added Jesus to their old life thinking that this would save them. But he knows who really belongs to him. Because his true sons and daughters do the will of God. So we don't add Jesus to our sinful life. We die to our sinful life. Uh, please hear this, okay? This is why so many are lukewarm. This is why so many uh, continue to go away that seems right. When you got saved, you didn't add Jesus to your mess. You died to your old self, and Jesus gave you a new life. That's why we need to uh, celebrate that. Let's continue. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. So if you belong to Jesus, please hear me, because the last thing you want to hear Jesus say to you is, I never knew you. But Lord, didn't we do this and didn't we do that and didn't we do this in your name? Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, right? So here's the whole thing about salvation. Salvation is the end of you and the beginning of Jesus living inside of you. You become a totally new person, right? So when you run into people that knew you before Jesus, they should hardly be able to recognize you anymore, the way that you carry yourself and the way that God has delivered you from that sinful lifestyle. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead... They will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. So Destiny was just saying that the danger of introduce not the danger, but the, the, the challenge of introducing Jesus to these people who have their own culture and own religion is they just try to add Jesus to it because they're doing it from a human point of view. But I'm telling you, when you really come to know the person of Jesus Christ, that's my prayer for you because you can be religious and know the Bible but not know Jesus. You have to come to a personal relationship with Jesus. You have to know that he is the son of God. You have to know him by name just as he knows you by name and then everything changes and that's why he said this, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Church, can you say this with me? I have work to do. If you think Christianity is just this, what we're doing right now, 
you're, you're gravely mistaken. You see, this is where you learn more about God. This is where you're equipped for the work that you will do. But the real Christianity that turns the world upside down happens when these lights go off and the doors get locked and you're out there. You see, Christians change the world just like Jesus changed the world as long as you're not hypocritical in the sight of the world. That's why they don't really receive the gospel when we preach it sometimes because our life, our old life is lived louder than the new life. We simply add Christ to the old life and this creates an imbalance and they can't take us seriously. So uh, as they see many Christians celebrating that uh, uh, Roe versus Wade were overturned, but they still can look at your life and say, but, but you, still, you still cuss people out here at work. <laughs> Like, I, I, I want to get on board with what, you're, with what you're celebrating and this God of yours, but I just see so many discrepancies. Church, the discrepancies have to leave our lives. We have to truly die to our old self so that Jesus Christ might be alive in us. But the problem is sometimes we're not done living our life yet. You've got to come to the point where you say, you know what? And I know this is about me for sure. Sometimes I can't even believe I'm standing here. Sometimes I can't even believe I'm a police officer with some of the things that I have done. None of your business. I'm not going to testify. <laughs> but when I look back over my life, you should be, if you really know Jesus, you should be able to say, I'm not worthy. I am just not worthy of your love. I am not worthy to be in this position that you've put me in to use me. Lord, why would you ever want to use somebody like me? You don't know what I've done. And he's just like, I know everything you've done. And I love you. And I died for you when you weren't right. So that you could be right. For God has shown his love for us in this way, that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Amen? Verse 16, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and now God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Here's the, the verse that, that blew my mind. I know it's always been in the Bible, but sometimes when you read the Bible, things leap off the page. Here's this one for me. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Now, I know, and you're like, Pastor, you didn't know that? How are you teaching us if you didn't know that God was in Christ? I know that they are the Trinity, right? I know it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the way it was laid out here just blew my mind. That the Father, that God was in Jesus while in the flesh came down and loved sinners so much that he came down, God himself came down from heaven to the earth. The sinless one, the creator of all, the one in whom we sinned against, the one in whom we offended, he came down. You know what? He was tired of the, the sacrifices of goats 
and lambs and pigeons. He said, you know what? This just isn't good enough anymore. I want to do this once and for all. I want to do this once and for all. So he came in the flesh. So that was God they were punching. That was God they were spitting on. That was God they were whipping. That was God they were mocking. That was God hanging. God was hanging on a cross dying for our sins. Don't you dare say God doesn't love you. Don't you dare let the enemy make you think because of your sins and the things that you've done that God doesn't love you. When God himself died on a cross to save our lives and now all he's asking us to do is carry on the work of the ministry he did the hard stuff and now all he's asking is that will you do this for me if i am truly yours will you go out and be in be a reconciler Will you go out and tell people what I've done? I'm not asking you to die on a cross. I'm just asking you to carry one. Why do I need to carry it? Cross, I'm sorry, Christianity without a cross is just a religion. If you say that you're a Christian but you have no cross in which you do not deny yourself, daily and die on it and say, I know what I feel like doing. I know what I want to do, but this cross that I carry requires me to die to myself. Why? Because my master, the one I am following, he died to himself so that I might be free. Free to what? Free from the slavery of sin. I don't have to sin anymore and free to be righteous. So Jesus goes before me, the word of God, the Bible. All right. When you read it, that's God going before you, showing you the way, showing you the light. And then he doesn't ask you to do it from your own flesh. He says, I'm going to give you my spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? That as God hung on a cross and died for all of humanity, he performed miracles and he loved people and healed people. He said, you know what? I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send back my spirit to the earth to be with you and in you. The Holy Spirit is not just to give you the heebie-jeebies when you're at church and make you feel all good. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be counseling you. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be leading you. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be guiding you in truth and helping you to be uh, convinced and convicted of righteousness. Do we all have the same Holy Spirit? I mean, are, are you at, if you have the Holy Spirit, listen to me. There's times throughout your day where there's something that you wanted to do, but God says no. And do you know what makes you a son or a daughter? Okay, when you obey. My children are led by my spirit. We've got to deny ourselves. Do you know this? Christianity is the hardest, uh, we'll call it a religion for a moment. Christianity is the hardest religion in the world. Do you know why? Because it's the only religion in the world. It's the only real one. That you've got to die to yourself and follow God. Amen? Amen. I got excited right there. I need to come back up here and, and, and preach. All right. Verse 20. 
We are Christ ambassadors. See, I don't know when this whole thing happened to where church just became a place to come and hear a message and sing songs and then go out and do whatever you want to do again. No, we are Christ ambassadors, okay? So we have been called to do a work for God. God is making his appeal through us. Remember when I told you that God was in Jesus, reconciling the world to himself? Guess where he is now? In us, doing the very same thing. So we've got a work, to, I'm sorry, he's got a work to do through us, but we must be willing to submit to it. Amen? And you've got to die to yourself. We've got to die to ourselves so that his work can begin. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. That's what an ambassador does. They speak for a nation, all right? So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Can you say this with me, church? Come back to God. Okay, you can all do it. You did it here. I just heard you. I just saw you do it. And that's the same work he's calling us to do in this world to tell people to come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering of our, for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That is the good news. That is the gospel. But the gospel changes no one if we don't take the gospel outside of these four walls. Man, if God is so good, then why are we so quiet about him? Are we ashamed of him? A new taco place comes to Lima, you got it all on your Facebook wall, and you're telling people at work. If it's a new recipe, you're willing to share it. But you know what? People will eat that food and die. So why not share with them the bread of heaven. Why not share with them the true gospel? Father, again, I pray for your children to not be consumed with the spirit of fear. Spirit of fear, we rebuke you now in the name of Jesus Christ. We cancel your assignment to keep these people from being ambassadors who speak out of their mouths to say, come back to God. God, you gave them mouths. You gave us mouths that we use for so many other reasons. The primary reason in which you have saved us is to now use this mouth to tell the world to come back to God. Fear leave and faith come. Timidity leave and boldness come. Come upon these people, God. Live in these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to Galatians, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 through 27. So we just learned that God was in Christ, okay? We're talking about spiritual gifts and service. So the man, Jesus Christ, okay, he was full of God and he was God. He was full of the word and he had gifts and he used them to serve his father so that we might be redeemed. Okay, so that was God in Christ and now we're going to learn about Christ in us. If the only work of the cross was salvation, uh, it, let me just say it this way. The work of God doesn't stop at the cross, right? There's more to be done. 
because we have to tell people about the work of the cross, all right? We've got to point them back to God, and we need help in doing that. Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 through 27 tell us this. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but has now been revealed to his saints, that's you, to them God willed, it was his will, to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ lives in us, and he is the hope of glory. Let's go on to Galatians 2.20. This needs to be every one of our testimonies. I've just been thinking a lot more about eternity, not a lot more about dying, but a lot more about eternity, and you've got to die to get there. One way to de-stress yourself one way to eliminate worry or even temptation from you is to think for a moment about eternity. Can you say location? Location, location, location. I want to be with Jesus forever, okay? So if I've got a temptation, I'm, I'm trying harder and harder to think about location, right? My location, the, the, the location I desire to be is with Jesus forever. And my way to get there is Jesus. My relationship with Jesus gets me there. So I begin to think and to focus that I'm, I begin to move my worries, move my concerns out of the way, and just put my thoughts on things above. You know, that's what the Bible tells us to do. To, to stop taking thought for tomorrow, to be anxious for nothing, to get eternity in front of us, to get the king of kings and the new kingdom that's coming in, in front of us. I, I know the world seems to be falling apart because it is. Because this world is going to burn like an oven. This world is, has been set up for destruction. This world has been condemned and there's a new kingdom that is coming. And Jesus Christ is the king of that kingdom, and he is our way there. And the old self, the old sinful self, cannot inherit this new eternal place that I am talking about. So this must be our internal testimony. Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So uh, this should be your testimony, just like I'm about to testify right now. So I know you see me as Damian Tibbs, okay? Born in Cleveland, Ohio. He saw it. 1977, Parkgate Avenue, moved to Lima as a child, raised by Edward and Shirley Tibbs. First uh, place we lived was on West Elm Street. Then we moved to Oakland Parkway. Then we moved to uh, Esther Boulevard, went to Shawnee School from second to 12th grade, went on to college for a moment. And now, fast forward, I'm a pastor. And you think, oh, I know who Damian Tibbs is. No, you don't. He's dead. And who you are supposed to be now is an expression of Jesus Christ. So, yes, 
I am a person, right? But the old me is gone now, and the new me, so, so I am just Damien Tibbs, who happens to now be an expression of Jesus Christ on earth. You better get this. The old you is gone. Dead in your trespasses and sin, baptized into the death of Jesus Christ. And the new you, let this change your religion. The new you is Jesus Christ inside of this body with his mind, right? We have the mind of Christ, right? With his gifts, with his abilities, right? So if this is true, there's a whole lot of things we would stop doing and more things we would start doing. Can you think about that? That Jesus Christ lives on the inside of me. Listen, I'm just a man, right? But if I came to your house for a week, number one, your grocery bill is going to go up. <laughs> but number two, I think there'd be some changes in the way that you behaved a little bit. You know, honey, uh, that's not the way I asked you to do it. Is the way that you talk to your husband instead of how you really say it. Or husbands, you'd be a little bit more kind or a little more sweet. Uh, baby, can you pass the salt? Instead of, there's never enough salt in this, mashed potatoes. You kind of change because the pastor's here now. So, you know, we're on our best behavior. Honey, time, kids, time for Bible study. They're like, what? We never have Bible study. What? Because pastor's there now. Okay? And this is just a natural example Kind of funny because we know, ah, that you're telling the truth. But listen to this. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. You would change if I was at your house. But how have you changed that Jesus now lives in your house? That should change everything. If Jesus really lives in this house... That should change everything. But if it hasn't, just like Destiny told us a little bit ago, all we've did was added Jesus to the way we already live. And that means we're not really his. Do you understand the gravity of that truth? That, that if all you did was added Jesus to your life and he's not really the ruler and Lord of your heart, then we are none of his? Because to confess that he is Lord, you're saved by confessing that he is Lord. What is a Lord? A Lord is a ruler. I'm not in charge anymore. He is. So that being said, we must go on to live out our assignment. Church, can you say assignment? That's a word that I have yet to copyright. I need to get it before I see it on somebody's headband or something. That is the blending of the word assignment and shine he has given us an assignment he has given us an assignment to shine his light in this world I, I love Bible study just as much as, as, as anyone does but Bible study is supposed to pour more oil in your lamp so that you can go shine so you don't just keep having a million Bible studies but never burning the oil so what's the point of all this wisdom and all this knowledge that you're gaining, but you never go express it and you never go shine it out in the world? So our cup is supposed to run over, not so that we have plenty, because our cup is the capacity in which we can handle. The overflow is for those that are around us. 
So don't, don't, don't say that I, I'm, I'm against Bible study. I'm not. But we've got to be not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. We can't be so caught up in just wanting to, here's, here's the thing I want to say. May our learning lead to doing. If your learning doesn't lead to doing, then something's wrong. Something's wrong with the process. If you're, if, 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 if you're learning about God, but you're never going to do the things in which he's called us to do. So study in order to show yourself approved. Because we need to be workmen, right? And what do workmen do? Thank you. It wasn't a trick question. They work. Let's wrap this up. We've got an assignment, a glorious new way. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect, church, say this with me, I expect. Mm. Stand with me for a moment. Father, my prayer is that you would, you would raise the level of expectation in your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, we cast off the ceiling of religion and tradition. Remove, God, the ceiling of religion and tradition. May we have a new expectation in this new way in which you are calling us to serve you, God. Because we are here and we were born for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, would you download into us by your Holy Spirit a new level of expectation. We declare now in the name of Jesus Christ that church service is not the expectation. We declare in the name of Jesus Christ that Bible study is not the only expectation. We declare in the name of Jesus Christ that singing songs to you as our only way of worship is not the only expectation. May a new expectation rise up from our bellies now in the name of Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit that we might be obedient to do all those things you are calling us to do because you wrote our plan. You are the author and finisher of our faith. God, may we no longer be satisfied with crumbs from your table when you're calling us to you, God. To all of you, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that as your sons and daughters that we would be more obedient to follow your word and to live out the reason in which you saved us. This assignment that you have given us in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way? Now that the Holy Spirit is giving life, if the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. I pray that over you now, Lord. May they see and sense and have a re revelation of the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. So God, I thank you that as they have a revelation about the new way, they will be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel could not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veils cover their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord... The veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, or wherever the Lord, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. Church, say this with me. I expect, I expect. To, reflect to reflect the glory of God. Come on, this is going to be good. Something's going to happen inside of you. There's going to be some darkness and some chains broken when you have this new expectation. Church, say it again. I expect, I expect to, reflect to reflect the glory of God. Jesus, give us some this expectation. I expect to reflect the glory of God. So that means that just as they beheld Jesus on this earth, they should behold you. When they see you coming, you should be reflecting the glory of God. How do I know this? Because the Bible says that as Jesus was in this world, so are we. May there be an expectation for us to reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 7. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. So do you know why you reflect the glory of God? Because the good news lives in you. But if you hide the good news and you don't tell it to people, then all you're doing is hiding it from people who are perishing. 
it makes no sense as a police officer for me to be called to a house where an elderly woman is being robbed and I sneak in the home and I just watch. I do nothing to help her. I have the glory of the badge. I have the power of the gun. I've got the handcuffs to bind up the enemy, but I just watch. It's the same thing for Christians to carry the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and watch people perish, watch them suffer, watch them be afflicted, and eventually watch them lose their life and lose their eternity in Christ. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see this glorious light of the good news. The light is the good news. Your light. Say this with me. My light is the good news. My light is the good news. Man, that's good news. You see, you, you, you think it's good news when the gas prices drop. No, 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 no. The best news has already been pronounced. The best news of all times is no longer a secret. The prophets and those of the old, they long to know this secret. But God has given us this secret now that the hope of glory lives inside of us. But in order to free them from their darkness, we've got to let it out. We've got to speak. And when you're not speaking, you've got to live it. You got to show it to people so that they might know. Matthew 5, 13 through 16 says this, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under the basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand. Church, I want you to know that your life is your stand. Your neighborhood is your stand. Your job is your stand. Your work is your stand. In the same way, listen to me. Many of us have come from some dark places. Many of us have come from addiction, we've come from abuse, we've come from abandonment, we've come from so many hurts and so many injuries, and we were cast down, and it's like our life was just hidden from the world as if we were no good. We didn't have much value to people, and we thought we had no value to God. But as soon as you give your life to God, he puts you on a stand for all the world to see not what you've done because you know you didn't fix yourself you're still working on yourself you might as well just surrender and say God I belong to you so that he can make you a light and that light can give every, to, to everyone in the house verse 16 in the same way let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father I'm not going to get to finish this message uh, the way I desired to, but it's on the app, uh, the rest of the notes. I was about to tell you about the spiritual gifts, but you know, many of you know about the spiritual gifts that God has given us uh, in order to serve him. That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 
1 through 12. I didn't get to tell you about the reasonable service of worship, which is found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. Okay, that's where we learn that it's reasonable for us to give our bodies to God for what he's done for us. It's, it's so that you might know that worship is not just when Jim grabs the guitar. Worship is when, gra when God grabs your life and begins to love on people through you, begins to bring freedom through you. They're spiritual gifts. They're his gifts. You are just the one that carries them so that they can be displayed to him. Here's the last thing I want to tell you as it relates to our spiritual gifts and service. And the Lord beautifully laid this out for me this morning to let me know that um, our service, while we do it for others, it's really for him. Matthew 25, 31 through 46, our last passage for the day. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by the Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones, what were they? Righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Please stand. Destiny, can you come back up and just kind of ad-lib and just sing unto the Lord a little? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Start doing some inventory on your heart right now. And if there's something in your heart that doesn't belong there, just begin giving it to God and say, God, work on this part of me. I want to reflect your glory, but there's some darkness in this part of my heart. I, I, I let somebody borrow some money and they haven't paid it back and I'm growing more angry about that situation. Or maybe it happened in 1987. You let somebody borrow something and they didn't give it back and you still haven't forgiven them. So begin to do some inventory. Man, what a powerful, glorious opportunity we have to get it right while there's still breath in our body right now. What a wonderful moment is being presented to you right now that before you die, you can get it right with God. Don't think you're right with God. Know you're right with God. Don't think you're right. Know you're right. So in this moment, 
every heart, especially the proud ones, the ones who feel like, ah, I got it, I'm okay. No, don't be your own judge. Open up your heart and let the Holy Spirit look in and say, Holy Spirit, if there's something in my heart that's not right, would you fix it in me? Holy Spirit, am I fooling myself? Holy Spirit, am I thinking more highly of myself than I ought to? Let his love pour in right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We open tears.